Welcome everybody, it is time for another episode of Da Chicago 60 Podcast. I am your illustrious host, Justin J. War, and next to me is my illustrious co-host, Norm. Norm. Storm and Norman is here. Uh, Manny Fresh is still out. He is uh, working. So we have no Manny Fresh in the house to, with us this We're week. We're all alone. That's right. We're all alone. Uh, he, he won't be with us next week, but we hope to have him back again er, uh, in a, about three weeks or so. So hopefully we'll have Manny Fresh back with his insightful commentary as He's well. He's a busy man. He's a busy man. But we have an amazing podcast for you today. Some new content, a little different direction to give you a teaser, if you will, of other types of content that you can expect from Dutch Chicago 60 podcast, and that is reviews. Reviews of comedy shows, theater, etc. Reviews of restaurants and things like that. This week, we are going to be reviewing a couple of plays that we have seen in the corresponding weeks. Norm, where are we starting off with? Uh, we're going to start off with uh, Joshua Harmon's admissions at the Theater Wit. Then we're going to move over to Pinocchio, which was directed by Chris Matthews at the Chopin Theater. And then uh, we're going to do a little rant. I have It's Patio Season, y'all, so we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to wrap everything up with a rant about the last Game of Thrones episode. And then, of course, we always wrap up every Chicago 60 podcast with the Jag Off yeah, of the week. week. And with that, folks, it is now time for the podcast. The podcast. The podcast. Right. To the podcast. To the podcast. You're not drinking. You're doing something wrong, folks. Or you have a personal choice to not drink, which is yeah, also yeah, acceptable. Yeah, dedication. And yeah. whatever you want to yeah. do. Hey. Personal preferences. That's you. Exactly. You be you. We do not condone mass drinking, or we are also in support of people who don't want to drink. Whatever. And we're Whatever. also in support of people who do. That's right. Hey, if you like to chug a lug, chug a lug. Chug a lug. Get it in there. Take Get it off. Get it in there. Take it off. Take this it off. This might be cut and used for <laughs> something really awkward. <laughs> uh, of course it is. Oh my goodness. But, ladies and gentlemen of Chicago, we, Norm and I, have gone to see a few plays over the past few weeks. And what we want to do is make sure that you all know about great places to go see amazing entertainment, whether it be theater shows, comedy shows, other shows, music shows, <laughs> music other shows, shows concerts, kids plays, high school musicals, um, uh, the guy playing on the street around the corner who you can't get to shut the fuck up at midnight. Exactly. We're going to review it all. We're going to exactly. talk about it all. <laughs> you will not be uninformed. <laughs> About where to find cool fully shit. Fully informed. <laughs> You'll be fully informed. That seems like a better way of phrasing it. You'll be fully informed about what is going on in the city of Chicago. Okay, with that, the first play that we want to review and discuss, which we found, at least I found very interesting, was Admissions, which was yeah. which is currently being played at the Theater Wit. And I just found out through an email from the Theater Wit that it has been extended through may 26th so congratulations to admissions uh at theater wit for being extended through the pretty much the end of may um if don't go see it on may 26th though come instead to see an improvised irish show called spuds and stouts at the comedy clubhouse which i perform in at seven o'clock comedy clubhouse ashland near fullerton right off i-9094 
So go see if that instead. If you want the entire driving directions, he'll give it to you. That's if you right. just let us know where you're coming from, he'll tell you exactly I'll how to get I'll tell you exactly there. how to get there. And if you message me directly, I will comp your ticket. <gasps> what? Oh, and you get a car. And you get it's a also car. BYOB. So... Oh, my, maybe not. I can't really just I can't yeah, right. just executive decision that actually I'd have to get permission to copy the tickets yeah, from right. the other two guys in the group. But we might be able to do a promo code. If you hear it on the Chicago 60, you get a discounted ticket. I'll we'll work some stuff out. We'll Didn't expect out. this to go yeah, this way, yeah, but yeah. you know, well, smooth. Yeah, way to go. We're throwing that out there and figure it out later. <laughs> what all women do is like they think that's all they're head on a mm. on a on a fence post. Yeah, we're figure that out. <laughs> but anyway, Norm. Why don't you? Uh, well, well, let's let's describe what this show yeah. admissions is real quick. Mm-hmm. So why don't you go ahead? Uh, so with what I with what with what I saw about the show, it was pretty much just um, about a a young male, young white male who doesn't get into college, or he does he doesn't get into the college of his choice, which was Yale. Yale. Um, and his friend who is uh, uh, mixed, he gets into Yale. His mother is an admissions. Uh, I think an admissions counselor or uh, some form of admissions right. admin or administrator uh, at the school that he goes, that they both go to. And they're very um, politically into uh, bringing inclusiveness or, or not bringing uh, more color to their school. Uh, and she does it in a way that's very, let's just put it, liberal. <laughs> uh, extremely liberal. And... She has to fight this this feeling of having to uh, bring in more color to her school, but then also be understanding of the fact that her son didn't get into this really highly um, wanted school, but a Stiges, young yes, Ivy League, but a young black friend of theirs who they know did. So that's kind of the the ball of it. There's a whole deeper and probably a better explanation. Uh, we probably <laughs> should have just read the summary of what they had to say. Uh, but that's kind of the bare bones of it. Right. Uh, white people pissed because black people got it. Right. <laughs> yeah, the story centers around the there's so there's a, there's only a cast of like five people and they're yeah. all white. Yeah. Because that's really what the show is centered around. The the kid. His name is Charlie. His two parents, Sherry and Bill, are the headmaster and head of admissions for a um, a, prep a, 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 a boarding school, yeah. a very prestigious boarding school based in Vermont, mm-hmm. I believe. And yeah, the, you described it the best, Norm, is that this kid's parents are basically the epitome of white guilt liberals who are trying to make their boarding school in the boarding school in the middle of vermont yeah. more diverse yes by including <laughs> people of color and mixed race individuals mm-hmm. and things like that to make it seem like their school is even more prestigious than it already is and and it's just an interesting it was a very it's definitely centered towards white people <laughs> for sure it's all about <laughs> the white it's all about the it white definitely guilt. was yes which yes. i will say their depiction of the far left because that's exactly what it was like i i'm liberal myself but like it's it's just like how you see the far right conservatives and you always see the kind of uh caricature of most uh, uh people who are conservative 
uh, they take it to the farthest extent that they can. This was the opposite way. It was really the far left, and it's just as damaging to watch the far left be who they are. Right. Uh, those who it's not encompassing everyone. It's just those people who um, there's one specific point in in the in the show where he asks his mom to um, to say Nicaragua, and she has to say it in that 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 way where. Um, they want to take it all, and, and I don't even know how to really describe it. like Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Yeah, she had to. Nicaragua. She had to roll the R's and yes. really give it all, and right. there's nothing wrong with that. But then, when you're using it for uh, another, uh, another, I guess, depiction or for another use, because you want to show that you are, let's say, it woke, is to show that you are that woke. Um, it's kind of damaging. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think the. So there were some, you know, we don't want to give away the mm-hmm. entire plot of mm-hmm. the show. I think I would definitely recommend for people to go see the show, whether yeah. you're a white person or a person of color. So either way, I would totally recommend it for anybody. We'll give our uh, ratings at the end of our discussion about the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll give it a, we'll each give our out of uh, four stars. It's out of four stars, right? Or do we want to go do one of four out of Chicago. five? Well, we're doing the Chicago style. Out of Chicago so. style, so the, yeah, out sorry. of four stars, yeah. and then we'll do we'll do a, an averaged Chicago sixty score from what yeah. Norm and I give. Yeah. So we'll get to that in just a bit yeah. in a, in a bit. But I think there are some very interesting themes. I mean, on the whole, the kid doesn't the, the white kid, you know, is didn't get to be editor of the newspaper. Instead, yeah. it went to a chick. And there's a whole, you know, without, you know, you go to the show and see the rest of why that ended up happening. There's a lot of nuance and explanation as to why that is. He has and a he's, banging monologue, by the yeah, way. His, I mean, the I monologue's mean, on point. Yeah, it, the, like, comedy-wise, it's freaking hysterical. Yeah, so the actor who plays Charlie is a, is a gentleman by the name of Kyle Curry, and he completely crushed it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's, he, he was phenomenal. I definitely think he was the best in the whole play, by far. He, was, he portrayed the dichotomy and the changes and everything. Very very well. I gotta say the gentleman who plays father as well. I liked right. the back and forth between the both of them. Uh, he was a very um, mm-hmm. let's call him a sitcom dad. Sure, because he definitely had that kind of feel. His, the cadence in his voice was was, but he would say some stinging stuff. Like, and I like the the change that'll happen. You'll see the change happen in the show. It's a it's a it's a show that has you talking about it after the fact. Yes, it um, definitely it definitely sparks a lot of conversation, which is why we wanted to see it and why yeah, we're going to continue yeah. to get into some of the themes of it here in a second. But yeah, so his father is played by Stephen Walker. The character's name is Bill. His mother is played by Megan Garakis. Uh, the character's name is Sherry. We come prepared, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, yeah. There's just a, it's just a. The, the play starts out a certain way where you definitely feel for the kid because, I mean, you know, the, you, when you're growing up and you're in college and when, or in high school and you're trying to get into your favorite college, you always have that one that you really, excuse me, want to get into. And it, it definitely sucks when you don't get into it. Now, setting your sights specifically on Yale is definitely... Oh, but, yeah. I mean, he's, he's clearly an accomplished young man throughout what you've learned throughout the, the course of the play. He's done a lot of things. He's worked his butt off and the main crux of the issue is that his best friend who happens to be a mixed race individual um and the woman who plays the mother of the mixed race kid her name's india whiteside she plays the character Ginny. she's married to an african-american man who teaches english at the school 
And there's an interesting uh, dichotomy there where she's upset that her husband isn't headmaster of the school and that instead of her husband, who's just as credentialed as Bill, who plays the, uh, who's the father of Charlie, um, he gets it as because he's a white man instead of you know the black individual who's just as qualified but got passed over and only teaches there. So, you know, there's a there's an interesting contrast of conversation that goes on between this Ginny lady, who's the mother of the mixed race kid, and and um, the family of this white kid, Charlie. And you know, well, you know, how do you deal with that, you know, you guys have a lot more privilege, etc. And um, my child has to deal with a lot of things. And oh, you think that he only got in because he checked black on the box? And the uh, the character Sherry, who's the admissions counselor, says, I would have wanted him to check it. It's an advantage. Take take use of the advantages that you have. So there's a lot of themes that are going on throughout it. There's obviously the theme of liberalism as it exists today in America. Um, and white guilt and white privilege and how do white individuals deal with that and to what extent do you have to deal with that and then on uh, there's also just like individual goal setting I think is a yeah, definite yeah. like this Charlie kid just decided to make Yale his end all be all it's like maybe you wouldn't have been so upset if you had had some some good second colleges to go after yeah, you know I, like, as a kid the I mean, like him and his friend, they had a plan. You know, that was their place to go. That was the one place they wanted to be. Now, as their parents, as his parents, they should have set him up for, hey, you might not get it. Because their whole goal, their whole attitude is like, by the way, white people get everything. So we're trying to give things to people who aren't white. That's their whole, um, uh, um, I guess, mindset. That's the thing that they're riding on. But then they never thought about it in... in connection with their own son so they never planned on saying hey by the way you might not get into yale right. <laughs> like we hope that you do that's our goal to get you into a great school and to go off and send you on but hey there are other schools that you probably want to get ready for right um so that's on them as parents but then yeah i mean i don't blame that kid for going being hey this is the place i want to be my best friend's going to be there because he was his best friend they were both both good friends They'd grown up together, so to see one friend had get to go to their dream college and him not make it, he immediately went to, well, what the fuck is this? <laughs> right. How did how did he get in? He's not as smart as me. Mm-hmm. He only got in because he's black. But That's then, ridiculous. But then he also admits that he's like, well, maybe he is doing a lot. He's doing more. In his rant, he kind of talks about it. And he's like, well, you know. He does do he does a few play other two things. Sports. He does some, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's just it's a it's a temper tantrum that you could expect of any yeah. teenage kid to have, yes. and that's totally understandable. Um, but it just brings up uh, a lot of interesting things about like affirmative action and all kinds of things. And there's another interesting point in the play, Norm, where uh, Sherry uh, is, is the, uh, the 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 Ginny brings up to Sherry the the concept of that well do you even really care about the people of color that you're trying to bring into the school it's like you're just trying to hit this arbitrary number so you can make yourself feel good good. but do you actually care about the actual individuals coming to school because at the end of the day it's a boarding school in Vermont Mm -hmm. and Vermont is a primarily white state so it would make sense by geographic uh, region and 
and the yeah. dem, dem, uh, dem, uh, demographics of that area that the boarding school would be predominantly white. Now, it's a boarding school, so you, obviously it's supposed mm-hmm. to be a prestigious, uh, prestigious. Can I talk today? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Good Lord <laughs> but, in heaven. I mean, but, she's hunting people down of color. She's trying to find them. That and, sounded weird. Uh, hunting I know, right? people it down. <laughs> but she is. Like, in the most <laughs> liberal way you can put it, she is, like, trying to gather people of color to be in her school so she can bring this percentage up. And to make that percentage, and they hail it up, they all talk about it in the beginning of the show, like, oh, you know, we're going to make this percentage of uh, colored individuals in our school. And the statement of that is almost just as bad as someone being completely racist. Right. And it's really awkward to think about it that to that extent, but you can, it's a very thin line that you can slip right over, I personally think, that, right. you know, thinking of, of people of color as objects at that point. Of getting them in and going, see, we have these people. Because, you know, the whole show starts, and we'll, we'll kind of give you, but the whole show starts on the basis of a brochure and having people, children of color in the brochure and them not being represented. And it kind of, the right. statement that is made in it sounds so beautiful because it is saying, well, I would like to be represented in this. But then the intent behind the statement is kind of, it's not good. <laughs> It's yeah. not the greatest. And there's another, it's not good. It's not the greatest. There's another character in the play played by Judy Schindler, and the character's name mm-hmm. is Roberta, and she's a great yeah. comic relief yeah. character to yeah. kind of... I think that her character is almost the common sense in the whole play of... Because she keeps... Uh, Sherry keeps asking Roberta, hey, I need you to find better photos with more people of color. Mm-hmm. So that they they can identify with wanting to come here because they see people like them in the brochure, so they'll want to apply here. But what's interesting is that Roberta ends up being the kind of voice of reason, saying, "I, you know, we live in Vermont. This school has been predominantly white. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're trying to do to change things. I have no problem with it, but this seems a little silly." Mm-hmm. And then, you know, how specific do you want? And then mm-hmm. she goes in in one of the parts of the play. She goes into great detail about how she's trying to get this perfect photo. Yeah. To get two kids of color yeah. involved, it's just it's just mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous. It's like what are, what are we actually trying to accomplish here? And the other interesting thing is that the character of Sherry doesn't really. It's a boarding school, so they're they're probably marketing to to a certain demographic of people of color who can get in and mm-hmm. afford it, unless they, mm-hmm. they didn't really talk about scholarships or anything no, like they that. Didn't, but no. you know, at some point they're talking about getting somebody from. Uh, Japan yeah. or somebody from Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. It's like these people are probably wealthy enough and well off enough as it is. You're not really giving a lot of chances to people from like the inner city of no. Brooklyn yeah. or you know yeah. the, the the west side and south yeah. side of Chicago bringing kids in to try yeah. and you're just looking and for it's a certain specific type right. of person that's supposed to eventually change the world and go back and say I came from that school. Right. So, uh, but to think that normal. I won't say normal people. I will say everyday people. I, I guess that's just as bad. But people who don't have the opportunity, like you said, uh, they weren't even considered in that in this world, in this realm. Um, but the weird part about it... What, which one of those kids would want to go to a boarding right? school in Vermont anyway? Right? <laughs> right? I mean, but. hey, uh, but I know a bunch of parents who would send their kid to boarding school. Sure. If they had an opportunity to network with, they would be like, yeah, I'm going to send you to boarding. I'm going to send you to the school. You're going to get a great education, and you're going to do something. Because it's already hard enough to do something with a great education. So without one, 
is even worse. Um, not saying that you need an education to do something, but damn, it's hard out here. Right. And so any any cards you have, any aces in your sleeve you've got, any people you meet, it's all going to elevate you to a, a different path in life. And so that that option, that offer, isn't even offered to, to everyone to, to not even try was the issue. But the crazy part about it is a lot of the show... No one is right or wrong. <laughs> like, no one's completely right or wrong. It's very gray. It is not black and white at all. Because there are statements that you'd be like, oh, they're wrong about that. But they're also right about that. Oh, God. <laughs> like, yeah, I think overall the play does a very good job of bridging the line between the topics at hand without really providing an end-all solution or answer to the problem, but beautifully kind of just describing what the issues are and letting the audience have a conversation like we did after mm-hmm. the show, mm-hmm. getting into depth of what, what I do, what it, what does, because you can relate to all of the decisions and everything that's being said and the moment that it occurs. So you, like, you feel for Charlie when he doesn't get into Yale and you can understand his frustration and whatnot. You can understand Sherry's point of view and what, you know, as she was brought up and what her background is of why she and her husband Bill are trying to do for the boarding school. You can only, and then Ginny's character talking about being a mother of a mixed race kid and the wife of a black man who aren't getting the opportunities even though they have the same qualifications or whatnot. Like you get everybody's side, and it just goes to show that there is no real great solution to the problem. We're trying to do the best that we can with the information and what we have available to us. I will say there is one side you don't get is the people of color side. That's true. Because <laughs> there are no right. people of color in this Yes, show. I wanted to bring that up, so I'm glad you did. Yeah. The, yeah. the funny thing is that there are no fucking people of color in the no. whole play to give the actual perspective of what they would be thinking. And I can't, I don't know if I'm upset about that. Everyone's like, because all the other, you know, conversations that we had about it, all the other reviews are like, well, this is the reason for it? Or is this just a mistake that was made in the writing of it? Is it the reason to say, well, look at the overall thing. This is the the dumbest thing that all of the people that are encompassed in this, they're talking about people of color, but there are none in the show to show you that this is how ridiculous it kind of is. Or are we thinking too hard and this person didn't write any people of color in it to really, because he's not, I don't, I'm not double, I'm not completely sure if he's a person of color, I should have yeah. researched that. But uh, more than likely, uh, not putting a person of color in there to represent, they were talked about. They were off stage in this world, but they were never allowed to at least come on and say yay or nay or, you know. In no. fact, the only the only perspective of a person of color in the whole play comes from the character of Ginny discussing another yeah. black student who graduated from yeah. the school and yeah. what his and now he, he became a bigwig lawyer and everything. Mm-hmm. And the point was, did the boarding school really make this kid or did he make himself which is he made himself because he was just a very intelligent Mm -hmm. individual who had goals and was driven Mm -hmm. and wanted to make something of himself yes it's possible being at that potential boarding school got him an opportunity to be in Yale or whatnot that's true but it's also possible he would have gotten to those schools on his own merits Mm -hmm. at some other school to be continued so it's a it's an interesting debate Mm -hmm. that the whole play lays out uh, in front yeah. But it is also interesting that there, you know, it would have been interesting to have at least one person just of one. color just, just to provide a little bit of substance from the actual other side. Mm-hmm. I get that the play was meant more to be 
oh, like white people explaining the that aspect of it to but, other white people right. in the audience and everybody <laughs> everybody who was white in the audience was very uncomfortable oh my god the white so in there is so okay so um if you go there go there with the most open mind when i explain this go there with the most open mind and be that person to sit in, like, if you're white or if you're a person of color, sit in that white guilt for a minute. Because you could feel it in the audience. It's a ton of white guilt. And enjoy it. I mean, learn from it. But laugh at it. Because it's kind of hysterical. Like, take a minute to stop watching the play and kind of feel the people around you. And the white guilt in there sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't feel any white guilt. I'm just gonna well, throw that we out there. Well, because we were laughing the entire I, time. We were laughing because we're <laughs> decent human beings. I think. <laughs> so I, but, but there's just so many funny moments. There's so many funny moments in it. It is beautifully written to give a lot yeah. of comedy, but it also has those serious moments as yeah. well. Yeah. But we we're in the back and we're laughing our asses off, and everybody in front has got like a stick up their ass. I'm like, relax, people. It's it's gonna be fine. Like, it, it's all truth, <laughs> but it's all it's all hilarious truth in it. Right. I mean, it's definitely got a message to say, and the conversation you need to have after it is really important. But the whole thing of it at the moment, it's it's to take that down a bit and go, well, you know, don't be upset if if you feel guilt about this because you shouldn't feel. Like, you, if you do feel guilt about this show, then that means you probably need to look at yourself for a minute. Yes, probably. <laughs> but if you don't and realize that it's hilarious and a lot of it's true and a lot of it's wrong as well, uh, then have a good time. Like, we are two different people. Right. We both enjoyed and, it. As we and, and saw it in different I ways. I come from different backgrounds, I, de- I went to a preparatory Catholic high school, so I could totally relate to a lot of... I mean, there was one line in particular that I loved from the character of Charlie, and I told you this, Norm, where he goes, everybody in the lunchroom who's white, they're all a bunch of idiot white kids. And that's how I felt at my high school. Every Anybody from Bennett who may watch this, it probably wasn't you. But <laughs> but there were so many not idiots. You. Not you. I would just walk Life around going, bad. what the <laughs> hell are wrong with these kids? Yeah. But it is... But, there, but there's a very... Interesting switch that comes about in the play, yeah. where what happens in the beginning completely yes. flips, and it is one full flip. play. There's no intermission, yeah. so you just get yeah. hit with it right away. Yeah. You get, you feel the switch when Charlie makes a very interesting decision after being basically shamed by his mm-hmm. parents. He makes a very interesting decision, and then the parents seem to, mm-hmm. which brings up another interesting yeah. thing about even the white guild and everything else is that look the a general thematic thing of life is that you you don't get to you you do not control when you are born how you are born to whom you are born as parents what skin color you're going to be nothing you you don't get, you just exist that is it and you try and figure out how to exist the best in this world as best you can and use the talents that if you believe in god has given you or whatever you believe you take those talents and you do the best to make the best life for yourself that's all you can do if you are given certain advantages in life, it is not a bad thing to use those advantages. And that is another theme that comes about where it's like if you are in an advantage place to throw those away and to throw away your talents and everything and to try and level the plane, whatever you're trying to do in some instances could be 
more of a disservice to the world in general because you could be able to help the world by using the advantages that are given to you instead of throwing them away and casting them aside. And that is another theme that comes about, which I think is an interesting thing to discuss because you understand the perspective of what's trying to be accomplished. But on the other hand, you understand the other side where it's like, don't be an idiot. <laughs> like You have the ability to do great things. Don't throw that away. You could help people that you're trying to, you know. But in that same thing, and this goes back to the, the, the parents, it's that... I will call them hypocrites because sure. they didn't really want it. Right. Uh, he does make that switch. He makes that decision. He makes that choice. And the first thing parents are supposed to do is back up their kids' choices. Like, I think if all parents back up their kids' choices, no matter what they are, no matter what, the kid will figure it out. There's too many times that parents go, oh, you know, you know, I just had to figure it out. You know, I just had to figure it out and things just happened. And then when their kid gets involved, they're like, I put all this into you and you were supposed to make this choice. Knowing full well that we don't decide shit. <laughs> you know, there's only, you know, if you are a believer in God, we don't make the decisions. You know, things just kind of happen. You just open certain doors and walk through them. And so the parents' job was to, to back it. And then you kind of find out the hypocrisy in right. who they are as individuals. Because right. he brings up a, a beautiful uh, ideology in saying that how am I, uh, as, as a young white male, supposed to say, I want to give other people, of, I want to give people of color a seat at the table, but then be sitting there myself. Like, how am I supposed to give them that opportunity, but also while I'm sitting at the table go, oh, well, the table's full um, with other privileged people. And if you kind of look at it, too, it is, they don't dive into it because they kind of focus on more of color, but it is also about economic status. Mm -hmm. You kind of forget about that, too. There are, you know, not as many, no, but there are people of color who have a higher economic status than, than other people in this country, than a lot of the people in this country. And there, there are gifted things that not everyone is gifted. And like you said, if you have the ability to use it, use it. Use it for good. Use it to, to help other people. Use it to give. And I think the, the thing he does is put out an olive branch for other people to be a part of it. And the parents still latched onto that olive branch and were like, okay, we're doing something good. We'll figure something else out, but we're doing something good. But you have to do this and we'll help you also do this um, without giving uh, anything away. It's right. pretty much the understanding of right. it. But I mean, like I said, it's all The parents right. become parents. They, they become did, they parents. Switched, yeah, they, they became... <laughs> they went straight to parent yeah. and... I think they forgot a little bit about being good parents. They were good parents, yeah. but they forgot about being good parents. The best you can do, I mean, I am not a parent, Norm is not a parent, mm -hmm. but being children of parents, <laughs> as, as we all invariably are, yeah. one thing that I have noticed and how I would want to live as a parent once I have children at some point so if you're a single lady, you have a shot. Hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put a baby in you. <laughs> it might what? happen for you, lucky uh, lady. <laughs> um, please date me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically Jeb Bush in that thing. Please clap. <laughs> and if you're that lucky lady and you happen to have 
on the boat. Hit me up <laughs> yeah, after you hit right. him up. That's right. Don't forget that we still want to get on a boat. We'll get to that in a minute. But I think general general rule of of parenting, at some point you have to let go of the leash, mm-hmm. if you will, and have to let your children make the mistakes. Get hit by because the yeah. Get hit by the truck Get hit dad. by the truck, man. <laughs> Get hit Sorry. by the truck of dad. Yeah, well, I guess we'll give it another nine months and 18 years. <laughs> Ooh, that bus uh, of debt just kind of... Oh, I, man. We, we invested about two million in you. We got another uh, two. Yeah. Uh, we'll make it work. Oh, well, we'll make it work. Thank goodness we had two other ones. <laughs> Maybe they'll be... They'll learn from your example to not run in front of buses and cars. Um, uh. Yeah. But I think at some point you just have to let your, your yeah. kids... Because if you've raised a kid well enough that they that they obviously have some semblance of intelligence or making a decision like Charlie makes in the play, you have to back and believe in your kid that they will figure it out and make good decisions moving forward. I can say for my personal life that I've not always... Like I have learned and I have developed and moved forward and made better decisions by making a bad decision or having failed at something or whatnot. And I'm sure, Norm, you have been in the same situation as well and have made better choices as you've progressed through life because we were raised by good parents. But at some point, as a parent, you just there's only so much control you have over your child's life. Mm-hmm. And you have to let it go. And what I found interesting was that I don't even know if they ever really believed in their yeah. kid from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Which was interesting, which goes back to your point of them being hypocritical. It's like you have to believe in your kid. And I feel like he basically brought that out throughout the play, calling out them as hypocrites, which is something that happens. And I want, like, it's one of those things, it's the the do well, do good argument. It's like the, you know, you hear it a lot. I heard it from my parents. It's like, I want you to do good. And you're like, well, you want me to do well. No, I want you to do good. Like, I want you to go out there and do good things. And these parents were preaching to do good. And then when things happened, they they wanted their son to do well. Instead of, and he wanted to do good. And there's just this verses of doing well and doing good. And it's a really, it's a difficult conversation because it's it's a big talk. And it's something that we're kind of dealing with now because... We have an entire country who's trying to figure out how not to be <laughs> racist again. Like, it's not saying that it, it wasn't currently, because it's, I mean, it's always kind of been a thing. People are racist to everyone. There's a lot of racist people to other people racist judge. people. People like, judge. Like, they, yes. they do. They're by race, religion, you know, sex, everything, gender, whatever. They don't care. People hate other people all the time. It's a thing that we deal with, uh, especially in America. If we're not hating one thing, we'll figure out someone else to hate later because we're pissed off at ourselves or pissed off at something that happened to us and we're all different so we'll never really know we'll never really know why until we actually sit down and talk about it but now we're in this situation where we have uh a grand leader uh grand leader trump um <laughs> and and i like i said my, like my parents are in the military my father is a uh white republican my mother is a black democrat they're so different um and they've always had this respect for the commander in chief. Um, this dude uh, is not—he's not a politician. He's not trying to help. But hey, if you—if you're riding with him, that's what you do. No fault given to you. But it doesn't mean you have to hate another group of people. 
And there are some people who are coming out who are latching onto this hate train where they're like, well, this guy says that we, we're allowed to hate you now. That's stupid. Like, I'm not going to say he's not bringing them out, but I'm also going to say he didn't say it. Uh, he's not saying come out, but he kind of is. <laughs> but it doesn't, it's also not incorporating all, like, we're, we're trying to loop, like, oh, all conservatives are uh, racist. No, <laughs> they're just you. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just, I mean, we're all people, we're all yeah. human beings. I don't understand why we're... And trying to figure out, trying to figure out how to solve these complex issues yeah. that are brought about in the play admissions is a conversation that is is something that we should all have as a society in a respectful way, and I think that's what the play did a fairly good job yeah. of doing. And it encompasses With all the cast that and everything that they stuff, had, yeah. I think it did a fairly good job. One thing I will say, the musical choices in it were kind of weird. Like, yes. I liked them at points, but then in the show, I was like, I don't know if these fit. Right, yeah. <laughs> the actual show. Right. But, um... I we guess, enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, we got I, we have I, a, I, a thing that we. I yeah, sent an email yeah. about it. We we know what we're gonna do yeah, once we get I mean, our studio. The bass was bumping, so <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it. But it was really it kind of like took you out of it for a hot minute and yeah. like wait a minute, <laughs> like yeah. this is popular music. Huh. I don't know. Huh. This is an interesting. Okay. Theme is it what they're bumping in Vermont? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, this perfect is hype. <laughs> Anyways, uh, to yeah. to kind of wrap this up on yeah. this because I think we've had a pretty decent discussion about the main topics and whatnot of of the play. It is a very worthwhile play to go to. Go with it with an open mind. Mm-hmm. Go to it with an open mind. If you're a white person, or if you're a person of color, most most of the audience was white, which I found. Yeah, but it was yeah. old white people, which is, I feel like, yeah. the theater-going yeah. thing. But um, we would recommend this to anybody. Yeah. Because Norm and I thoroughly enjoyed it, yeah. for the most part. I thought it was only and it is a worthwhile thing to have. You will definitely leave it with a different perspective on things. It will definitely bring up uh, uh, new perspectives and ideas about the topics that are at hand and it makes you think and I particularly love things that make me think because mm-hmm. by thinking and having dialogue like not, not, not everything Norm and I that Norm and I talk about we agree on we have different we come from different backgrounds we have different thoughts on things but at the end of the day it's about listening to the person next to you and compromising mm-hmm. at the end of the day because that's what moves society and humanity forward in a positive way and that's what I think, at the end of the day, this play, Admissions at Theater Wit, did a decent job of doing. Yeah, so, definitely. unless you have anything else to add, Norm, I think it may be time for our uh, grade of yeah. Admissions. Yeah. Would you like to go first? Uh, I would give it, out of four Chicago stars, I would give it a three and a half. Because it was a great show. It was funny. I had a good time. Um, definitely a discussion piece. But... Uh, the music was kind of weird, and the fact that uh, there were no people of color to really represent themselves is kind of a small thing. But three and a half stars, it was good. It was a fun yes. time. I, would ag- I don't have anything else to add. <laughs> I agree with all of your assessments there. I would also give it a three and a half out of four stars. I think it's a worthwhile thing for people of Chicago or people in the Chicagoland area to go see and really and bring a friend and then have a and then go out for a drink afterwards and, and discuss it because that's yeah. really what it's it's good about. Bring if you if you got a friend with a person of color, uh, definitely go have a drink. Go yes. with them so you can discuss afterwards. Yes, absolutely. Like, I really think it's smart. So Norm, with your grade of three and a half out of four and my grade of three and a half out of four, that means does Chicago sixty gives admissions at the theater with a three and a half out of four stars. That is the best endorsement that that play is going to get. So, (laughs) 
So if you don't go see it, it sucks yeah, for them. That's money on them. All right. Well, moving right along in utter news. There was another play that I went to go see this past week. Unfortunately, Norm was not able to accompany me. It might have been just because I forgot to tell him. Yeah, he did. And, uh, <laughs> but I had a friend who's in the play, Carissa. She is a wonderful actress, and she did quite well. So uh, without further ado, the play that I went to go see is called Pinocchio. Pinocchio, that wonderful yeah. Disney movie that we all know and love about the wooden toy whose nose grows when he lies and who wants to be a real boy. But this version, which is being shown at the Chopin Theater off of Division in Wicker Park area near the 9094 Highway. I'm very good at giving directions. Yeah, yeah, extremely good. I'm very good at it. Uh, It's right in between Milwaukee and I think Damon Avenue or something like that. So it's a a beautiful theater, by the way, and it's Chopin because Chopin was a Polish pianist and... (laughs) I'm a I know, child. It's always I'm, it's I'm a, a freaking it's a funny word boy. to say. I I'm know, a thirteen year old. It is, yeah. <laughs> but ha- being half Polish, it is Chopin, not Chopin or Chopin. A chopping penis. A chopping penis. I hate you so much. But it is the Chopin uh, Theater. It is a first of all, the theater and the venue is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I've always passed it and never gone in. I am so glad I went. It is the stage is uh, very nice. It's definitely a different stage presence. It's. I think they maybe moved things around, but the way they had it set up was quite interesting. But just the ambiance of the theater, they have a couple of side rooms with all kinds of old-style furniture and stuff. If you follow my Instagram page uh, and the Chicago City Instagram page, I did some stories from within there and showed around. It's a beautiful theater uh, in general, so I highly recommend going to a show there and support them. It's a beautiful theater. Support but local theater. Support, support theater local in theater. Chicago. Yes. Support all theater. That's Even if why, you're not in Chicago. That's why we're it. doing this. Support it. Just support it. Support. Um, yes, that's okay. We are in agreement on that. And uh, so the, the play Pinocchio is is quite good. Now it is not the standard Pinocchio story. So you're not gonna get you know there there are there all of the elements are there, okay. but it's not the same story. Okay. So it's a different rendition, a I would say a modern modernized version of the tale. Now, I don't want to give everything away. Uh, just know that it is not the <laughs> I don't same know if you story. Can give away Pinocchio. I mean, I know it's not the same no, story. De- no, right. I definitely yeah, can't yeah, okay. give too much okay. away. So okay. I'm going to do my best to okay. not give away the story here. What I will try and focus on is the individual performances and the overall themes and tone of the play that I found quite interesting. There were some things I liked, some things I didn't like. Uh, the gentleman who plays Officer Doohickey in the play was the, he's the comic relief character. Doohickey. It was uh, he was I mean he his lines were funny. I felt it was a little he was a little over the top Ooh, at times. Ooh, he going in hard. Yeah. Uh, look, I look we're we're getting real on the Chicago sixty. We're not just fluffy. give you some Nokia, man. First, like, we'll, just like uh, we'll we'll we're gonna rate this with Pinocchios, <laughs> just like the <laughs> Washington Post. Yeah. How well I lie and or tell the truth on this. How many Pinocchios <laughs> do I get? <laughs> <laughs> and zero, because I speak the truth. I'm like George Washington. Okay. Who chopped down the cherry tree, apple tree, some tree. He chopped down a tree. He's black uh, and apple But he didn't chop Pinocchio. So that's Pinocchio. a good thing. So that's yes. a good thing. But overall, the so here's what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Number one, the puppet 
and the puppeteer mm-hmm. were phenomenal. Now, awesome. the gentleman who plays Pinocchio and puppets... Puppets Pinocchio? Puppets, I think that yeah. seems right. Uh, Sean Garrett. He is phenomenal. His voice freaks me out because it's so... Like, he gets, like, a really like kid type of voice, which is... I don't know if that's his normal voice, but phenomenal. It's creepy, but phenomenal. But he is wonderful. Um, and all of the actors and actresses in it really envelop the theme and like the presence of Pinocchio as the actual puppet. Like you, everybody in the audience believes that Pinocchio is actually alive, despite the fact his mouth doesn't really move or anything else. They do a wonderful job of making you feel like the puppet is just another part of the cast. Really? It wow. is phenomenal. Wow. It really, I, I have to say I was impressed by it. They do this through a number of different ways. They have uh, so the, they have the main puppeteer who is uh, Steve, uh, Sean Garrett, and he does all of the major voice and and movements of Pinocchio. But they have people of the cast come in at certain points to move Pinocchio along with him to give the actual action of the puppet doing things, and which included intricate uh, dance uh, routines. Um, it included uh, a, a running sequence, and it was just all kinds of things where they made it feel like this puppet is here in the theater with everybody in the audience. There was a lot of great comedy, and the uh, and a lot of different roles had good comedy in it. Now, my friend Carissa Myers, she is wonderful. She plays the Blue Fairy, who is uh, basically a, a steward of the forest, and it basically kind of gives, tells Pinocchio where he came from and tells some warning messages to him. But the overall presence and the overall theme is to accept people for who they are despite our differences. And uh, really, if, if people who are different can get along together and whatnot, it should show that humanity is decent and that we can get along with people that we don't identify with despite being afraid of things we don't understand, which I thought was an overall good message. I also think there's a definite tint to like the LGBTQ community. Most of the actors and actresses are, or seems to be, uh, and were or are uh, members of the LGBTQ community. Like for example, Geppetto is played by Molly Brennan. So a female mm. playing a a uh, male role. Yeah. Um, there were uh, several uh, individuals who I we would we would throw into the flamboyantly gay category, but they were phenomenal. Uh, they they were hilarious. They brought a lot of humor, but a lot of soul into the performance, and it was a thoroughly entertaining play. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would also recommend people to go see it. It is not your. I mean, they do have. An element of the whale and they do have Jimmy Cricket and you know things like that but it's not the same story it's really focused around a message and you know it's it was it was quite good I didn't realize my friend Carissa had such a lovely singing voice but as the Blue Fairy she had several singing pieces that were phenomenal and there's a, an element in it where there's uh, they shine lights with pictograms and whatnot it's, and she, as she tells her story through song and it's wonderfully uh, choreographed Everything is wonderfully choreographed, really well done. The actors and the actresses in it really bring their characters to life, and you really feel like there's this this uh, you know 
community there uh, and, and this, this village you kind of identify with. Now, one thing I didn't really like about it, uh, there was a, a character, Miss Penny, played by Christine Perkins. Now, I have no problem with the portrayal of or the performance by Christine Perkins. She was very good. I just didn't understand the character choices within the script from her character. First, she knows Geppetto, and she wants to support him. But then all of a sudden, when the school kids are picking on, she's not a fan of Pinocchio. Then later in the second act, they're in a classroom, and then she gets very like weird and violent in a way. Not like violent, like beating on anybody, but just like verbally is like trying to push some weird agenda that the village has, which you do not get a sense of at all in the first act. <laughs> then I'll, I'll just like second act comes up, and you're like, oh shit, how where, when did this happen? Like. Holy Christ, I get there were some kids picking on Pinocchio. Like, that makes sense. But what? Now the whole village is against, like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, and th- But then towards the end, when they're doing the trial and everything, then she's all supportive of Pinocchio again. And when. So you just go, hold on a minute. How did you. What? <laughs> this makes no sense. You went from being supportive to hating on him to then supporting again, but then, then being, like, overly aggressive, and now you're supporting Pinocchio. This makes no sense. Your character is all over the fucking map. I don't get it. That was one thing that didn't make sense to me. Again, Christine's portrayal of the character, not the issue. She did a, she's good acting. I just didn't understand the character choices in that. It was very bizarre to me. Um, but that was one of the only major critiques I have of it. Um, uh, the other gentleman who plays Romeo, uh, uh, his name is Brandon Rivera or Brando Rivera. I'm not sure. One of those. Mr. Rivera, we'll refer to him. He was quite good, but he was kind of the one kid who kind of relates to Pinocchio, and you know, and there's an element where he isn't really um, fitting in with the community either, and so he wants to kind of move on and things like that. So, and Pinocchio and him create a bond together, and and that's kind of the focal uh, issue and things like that. So, it was very interesting, and the theme of it of trying to relate to everybody, even though they're different. Uh, was I think quite good, and the, just I mean, just for the puppeteering, I would say it's cinemat- uh, cinematically very entertaining. How they do it is very, very well choreographed. So I would definitely say go see Pinocchio at the Chopin Theater. It is also playing through, I believe, May twenty sixth or May twenty eighth. So there are plenty of opportunities. Uh, we will put in the Facebook link, the links where you can go find them. But if you just look up Theater Wit for admissions, or if you look up on Google uh, Chopin Theater Pinocchio, you should be able to find it very quickly. The tickets are not outrageous. Uh, They're well worth the money, in my opinion. And if I were to give a grade, and since unfortunately you you were not with me. I recuse myself. Yes. uh, I would also give this a three and a half out of four stars. Uh, so that means Dutch Chicago 60 would give it three and a half out of four stars. So admissions and Pinocchio, we would highly recommend for people to go see. They would both be a uh, good time spent supporting local Chicago theater. So moving right along in yeah, utter news, you have some interesting things you'd like to discuss. More. So everyone, I, I know all of you, probably most of you are outside right now. I mean, for one, it's, you know, the 5th of May. Um, and then the other fact is it's 72 outside. So uh, after it snowing last week, um, now it, the weather's nice. We skipped spring. It's which May! It's fucking May. Yay! 
So, um, here's my issue, okay? And I'm going to rant for a little bit. We have our uh, little Chicago rant here. Um, it's patio season, y'all. It's fucking patio season. And for the most part, everyone is excited. They're going to go outside, sit down on the patio, have a drink with their friends, eat, you know, talk, have a moment. You know, it's patios, y'all. The wind's blowing in your hair. You get to sit down and look at the people. People look at you. It's nice. It's warm. It's a nice thing. I fucking hate patio season. I hate it with a passion. Nothing wrong with patios. Nothing wrong with sitting outside and enjoying yourself. My issue with the patios is, for some odd reason, the patios take up most of Chicago sidewalks. Every patio in every walking neighborhood just takes the sidewalk and chops it in half. Not even in half. It takes the whole thing and you got one lane. You got a coming lane and a going lane. And that's it. And then you have to work with it. And then, you know, of course you have those moments where you walk in from Jewel Osco and you're trying to get home. And, you know, you get stuck behind an older person. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. They got the shopping cart. They're kind of pushing it along. They're trying to make it through their day, okay? I'm not going to stop you because if I probably say something, you probably beat my ass. Because old people in Chicago don't play. So, uh, you know, I, you do that awkward thing where you're not trying to get too close, but you're not trying to get too far. You're trying to just get around them, but you can't. And, you know, you don't want to, you know, for me, I don't want to make it look like I'm trying to rob this old person. So, you know, I'm backing up, kind of cut. And then you're just waiting for an opportunity to go around and get in your lane and just kind of get past something. You both kind of go your own ways. And when there's, when there's no snow, because... That'll take up half the sidewalk, too. When there's no snow, you have this big, open, like, space for walking. And you have nooks and crannies that you can go around the trash can and, you know, walk past the bus stop. And you can walk out into the street a little bit. Now with patios, no, because everyone's having a good time. And that's the other problem, the good times that are being had at these patios. I mean, yeah, you have your good time, but it's kind of an obnoxious good time. All right? Like, let's admit, you're on a patio, you're drinking with your friends, you have friends. Um, it's kind of oddly obnoxious, and as a like a, a cynical individual, um, I hate it. <laughs> I, I, there's something about it that I hate, and it's not the people. I can't say that I really hate the people. It's not on you if you love patios. You do you. But there's something in me that as a as a person walking around, I see those patios and I just get angry. I just like I fucking hate it. I hate patios. <laughs> I, I hate patios. I hate restaurants. With the patios that are out in the sidewalk. I hate it. And it's the thing. And I can't say I hate it. It just annoys me. It annoys the hell out of me. Because it's not anyone's fault. It's my own judgment. It's my own kind of weird problem that I need to talk to myself about. But it sucks. <laughs> patios suck. I rather like patios. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> You're the problem. I love yeah. patios. You go out there and you have a beer with a bunch of friends. It's actually nice out in Chicago. We only get several months to even have patios. So, you know, I get what you're saying. But I, I'm i okay with the patios. But you're also a large gentleman. So yeah, the patio it, seating. I'm more That's slender. another thing. Patio seating, okay? These wired chairs, I get it's for the rain, it's for the weather, just in case. But you got, like, beach chairs with, like, barely any... Like, I'm a big guy. I need a firm chair to sit in, okay? I need something that's really going to support me. So you kind of stick you out there in that little patio area. And you're like, here, I hope you have fun. And you're just like, this is just in my body right now. And I'm just... I'm crunching right now, hoping to God that this thing doesn't collapse under the weight of this you should find patios that have benches like the like wooden benches 
Okay, so we're not even going to talk about bench seating because the restaurants had to have bench seating like I'm in high school or preschool and I got to slide my ass in there and hope to God no one slides in and locks me in there forever. And then I'm like, well, I'm not going anywhere until you're done with your food so I can leave because I don't want to awkwardly go where you got to slide out so I can slide out. So it'd all be solved if we could just find a boat. One boat. You know what? I... If a boat has a patio, I'll start liking patios. <laughs> I will I will be, if, if I see a boat with a patio and they got patio seating, I'll even be like, you know what? This boat has a patio. And I'd love to, you know, meet anyone with a nice boat that has a patio on it. And we'll just, you know, break a bottle of champagne off that boat with a patio. And then I'll change my and mind. There'll be a boat replica of the boat. And the patio. That- in the champagne bottle that will that and with little miniatures of Norm and I slamming another, it's like that scene in Inception with the mirrors. It's just it's just I feel, that continuously. I feel like this goal Norm is, me, is way too intricate, but someone will do it for us. I know someone's got it. If you it. have a friend with a boat, or who or makes miniature boats, a cousin's with other people friend, on there. son, sister's yeah, uncle someone. who has a friend who has a boat. Mm-hmm. We don't care where we get the boat. We just no. want the boat. No. Is really, we don't even really want the boat. We just no. want to party on the boat. On the boat. That will be sufficient. That would be enough. Yes. I mean, hell, the boat doesn't have to be on water. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking, land I'm boat. rethinking about that. But yeah, a land ideally boat would be fun. Would be Actually, if ideally. we can, I'm okay with starting off with a land boat and then moving to a boat on water. Let's take baby steps. Yeah. Let's go there. I'm fine. I'm with okay that. with that. Yeah. You know, we can just chill on the land boat for a little bit and then There's move to the land boat. There's one on North Avenue water. Beach. We could do an episode there. On land boat, yeah. Yeah. And it's free because it's to the public, apparently. That's nice of them. But then we'd have to deal with the public. No, we can't break bottles of glass. No, we can't break probably, a bottle on that boat. Probably an unsafe thing no. to do since there will be people walking. Maybe if we smash it and run. Then that could work. <laughs> but then we're... And <laughs> it's like, ha ha, we've done it! But then this is then we do a podcast about it. Right. Then we just run to yeah. our camera setup and then it'd be like, ah, oh, you just... like. Five people have shards of champagne uh, glasses. Like well, that well, wasn't us. Well, they loved it. <laughs> <laughs> they enjoyed every minute. Excuse but me. Did they get showered with champagne? Then I think they've had a good day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful day. Speaking yeah. of rants, yeah. if I may just oh, get take, four. Take thank you very much. Um, there is something I must rant about, and that is the latest episode of Game of Thrones. For mm-hmm. those of you, it will be on again tonight at eight o'clock. A new episode, but I think it is worth our time to have a discussion about the last episode. Now, Norm, I know you have not fully caught up, but we've discussed this. You've given yeah. me permission to talk oh, about yeah. it. Discuss away. Here are some things. Uh, spoiler alert if you've not seen oh, yeah. it yet. Spoilers. I'm going to be ranting about some things. So I mean, it's pretty turn this off. Things, as much yeah. as I'd love for you to keep watching our beautiful faces, Please. turn off this thing. But also, if you haven't seen it yet, shame on you. It's been a week. Get it together. Get to the fucking episode. What's wrong? Come on. All right. With that said, I... Okay. First of all, full, very entertaining episode. Enjoyed it. Very entertaining. A little disappointed. What the hell happened? And we build up this whole thing about the fucking White Walkers, and then it's just, oh, it's just an episode. Cool. Moving right along in utter news. Uh, what? No. Specifically, I have an issue. This is my main issue. Okay, obviously a lot of people know you couldn't see a damn thing because they wanted to be realistic battle. 
like cool man i'm all about realism that i kind of like that but at the same time i also want to fucking see what the hell is happening okay it's a fucking show we can get it's we got ice dragons and things from the dead okay i think we can get away with a little non-realism here okay we got dudes sleeping with dudes who are their aunts there's incest in the fucking okay all right but here's the number one thing I have an issue with. And me being a nerd history geek and whatnot, uh, what the hell kind of a battle strategy did these knuckleheads employ? I mean, you've got brilliant tacticians. On the, you've got like 20 main characters. Not one, they're all stood, they all stood around a table and formulated strategy. And not one person, not one person went... Yeah, maybe we shouldn't just send our Dothraki, our only horsemen, on the whole fucking army into the abyss with an enemy that is dead. What the fuck was that? Okay, anybody who knows anything about medieval anything knows that you do not put... The Dothraki are probably their most skilled warriors. They're on horseback and they're lightly armored. They are not... Knights with chainmail and shit. You don't just throw them into the melee. It's ridiculous. You keep them on the side. You use them as a pincer move. <laughs> the whole point of cavalry is to strike fear into the enemy. The dead don't have fear. They're already dead. The whole point of fear is that you were afraid you're going to die. That's the whole point of it. So what the hell was the point of sending them with fire swords into the fucking abyss? Into an army of the dead? Who the fuck... How did not one person go, that's not a good idea? How did not one person say that? Number two, why are all of them out the, on the outside? You have Winterfell, which is a castle. And you got, why put, you have the trebuchets and the catapults in the front of the fucking army? What the hell is the point of that? You put them in the fucking castle and lob shit over the fucking, that's what everybody would do. You don't have them on the outside in front of your heavy military? That makes no fucking sense. Then everybody, they've got the pillars of the wooden stakes, but everybody's, they were going to run back? Why? Just put, okay, keep the stakes in the front. Keep your, the, un, the unsullied, they have long spears. Keep them behind, and then when the dead run, they're going to run into the pikes, and then you just stab the shit out of the rest of the dudes. It's just, just like, it's just simple math. And then you keep everybody else in the side inside Winterfell, and you everybody becomes an archer. Whether they can't shoot for shit or if they have one eye, they all become <laughs> archers. And they just lob fire arrows at the dead because the dead die by fire. This is like we've known this from the beginning. This is absolutely absurd. This whole <laughs> battle strategy. I, I'm going to have to tone. I've been yelling too much, so I'm going to have to tone this down so much. But it's just so aggravating. It's like, it's like, oh my god. It's so stupid. It was the stupidest. I, I, not a military person. A, just a random, regular white person who watches a television show could have developed a better strategy just from my knowledge of basic medieval history than what they, I mean, oh my god. Ridiculous. Also, the Unsullied have pikes, and they're going up against monsters that are just going to... I mean, you know, a pike is not going to do a goddamn thing. You need a short sword to stab the fuck out of people. Ah, so, so they... And then they put all of the babies and kids and women in a crypt with dead people. And the Night King is somebody who can raise the dead. Like, we didn't see that one coming. 
But everybody, it's like, oh, but then the main people still survive. It's, you've got like six characters fighting off like a million undead people, yet fucking Arya's walking around the halls with no, there's no dead around. And what the fuck is this? Made no fucking sense. But it ended really well, so I was, I was okay with how it, they, it was fine. Now we're gonna have, you know, the worst battle plan I've ever fucking seen in a show. Where you have the likes of Jamie Lannister, Jon Snow, fucking Tyrion Lannister. Really? Tyrion wasn't like, guys, this plan sucks. <laughs> like, no, like, really? Nobody said shit. Daenerys Targaryen's like, oh. And then also the dragons are on a fucking perch and they're just watching the Dothraki die, right? And then they fly and like just are like causing mayhem as they do because they're dragons. And they go after the White Walkers and then out of the nowhere, a misty white fog snow comes out of no fucking where. The fuck is that? It's like the whole point is the White Walkers didn't even do a goddamn thing. They just they stood in place. Then they showed up right before the brand situation, and then and then they all died. <laughs> was, they did not a fucking thing. Stupid. I know, the whole. So did they win or did they lose? Technically, the living wins, but there's now. It's, see, the funny thing is like the episode is gonna come on, and I've already show because they show what's gonna happen in the next episode, and there's still people alive, and it's like that's not enough to fight twenty thousand other people that they're gonna have to do. Yeah. Like what? Okay, and they've got one dragon left. It's like maybe employ some of the dead. Can we raise some of these guys? Can we can we get some undead people to fight uh, Cersei Lannister now? Because we're we're rather depleted. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. All right. That was my rant on Game of Thrones. Oh. <sighs> Actually makes me want to watch it, but now I'll watch it and go, they're doing this all wrong. <laughs> I was told by a, a perfect source, a source who knows what he's talking about, this pincher move and then they lobs. Go, you, you, you keep them and in back lobs. and they run around the side. Everyone's and then an archer. Everyone shoot with one eye. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So uh, yeah. stupid. I got it now. I know yeah. what I'm doing. I mean, without that was there was other things, but that was the main thing. I was yelling at my phone because I have to watch it on my phone. It's so sad. Pincher move. Pincher move. move. Pincher move. Pincher the move. horns. The horns of the buffalo. Now the dragons. horns of the buffalo. Now dragons. Dragons. <laughs> Fire and fury. Fire and fury. Um. Yeah. You would watch it like a Chicago just, Bears game. Just Trump and King Jong Un are just fire and fury. <laughs> It's a whole new meaning. All right, but you would watch it like a Chicago, uh, like a uh, Bears game. Of course, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Oh yeah, like what are you? What are you gonna put? You gonna leave Walter Payton? You're you're gonna just trudge him up the field without any blockers? Yeah, good, good luck, Walter. Yeah, go up there. Walter Payton was the Dothraki in this whole thing, and they're just like, hey, yeah. I mean, actually, Walter Payton in one season basically didn't have any. He was like, like twenty twenty. I think it was like his season nineteen seventy or some shit. But still, regardless of the fact. Not everybody's a fucking Walter Payton, okay? And the Dothraki are not as good as Walter Payton, is my point, okay? So Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen and Tyrion Lannister and all those people there, okay? Don't be a dick. Be a Ditka, okay? Ditka would have his guys in front. He then have the guy up there, okay? Get it up right in there, guys. I would actually watch Game of Thrones if Walter Payton was like just magically came out of the center. <laughs> just came, and, and just like and, lobbing footballs of death at people. Just flaming <laughs> footballs everywhere. Just, <laughs> like, yeah. this show took a real weird wow. turn. Who would have thought Walter Payton of all people? But I'm kind of into it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Chicago would be like, you know what? This That's makes the way sense. it should have been. Everybody. That's exactly the way the it should have been. <laughs> the Bears. The Bears. We dominate in fictitious, fictional fantasy films, okay? 
Yeah, that's right. Okay, moving right along. In yeah, other news, we got to wrap this thing up. Yeah. And that is with our favorite segment of the week. It is time for the, the Jagoff of the Week! The week. Alright, this week's Jagoff is oh. a good Chicagoan. Our one and only. Our one and only. R. Kelly. R. Kelly. I just watched his Robert Trapped Kelly. in a Closet. Is it not the other the day, greatest yesterday thing you've night? Ever seen? I mean, I'm sorry. phenomenal stuff. He's a pervert and he's got a real big problem to yeah. deal with. Yeah. But and he needs to pay child support. Yes. But Trapped in the Closet is no probably money. one of the greatest things I have ever it's, seen it's in a my life. Wonderful, wonderful thing. And the worst part about it is I have to give money to watch it, but I love every bit of it. It's phenomenal if, stuff. If you haven't watched all like eighty trapped in the closet chapters, you need to do it. Give it a watch. Give just give, just surrender an Hell, evening. Give it a listen. Yeah, just listen. Uh, if it. you can't even watch it, give it a listen. But it's better if you watch it. Better if you watch it's it. It's so much better if you watch so it. So damn good. Yes. Oh man, trapped in the closet. It, I spread the trapped in the closet like Bible. Like every time I go somewhere, I will give someone a copy of Trapped in the Closet just to be like, you need to learn. You need to know that this is out there. Yeah, because it's a this thing. is important. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's really unfortunate he peed on little girls and shit. Yeah, but, he's got a know. problem. But he's a, <laughs> a lot of other issues. Freaking genius. <laughs> and, Musical comedy but here's, genius. But here's why he's the jag off of the week. Yeah, because yeah. he missed his court date for a civil case for one of the girls who was accused him of rape and everything. Just didn't show up. <laughs> you know why? Because his lawyer said because he doesn't know how to read. <laughs> That's not what he said. I swear to God. That is not what he I said. I swear to God that is what was said. Is, is he just, just didn't regardless he just didn't show up regardless but yeah huh. if that's the actual reason you're a jag off R. Kelly you could have been a stapled son of Chicago with your beautiful beautiful voice and you did some weird fucking shit and that's not cool man so you're a jag off and show up to court and learn how to read you're a jag off you're a jag off R. Kelly and R. Kelly come on god <sighs> And with that, folks, <laughs> that was the Jag Off of the Week. Now, before we leave you, if you have enjoyed what you've listened here today on the podcast, on the Facebook Live, please, 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 please hit the follow sign, follow button on Facebook. Follow our post there. You can go to YouTube, look up Chicago 60, and hit the subscribe button because these types of reviews and some other content we're coming out with in the future will only be available if you subscribe on the YouTube channel. That's Chicago 60 on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Go find these inf- this information there. Also, subscribe to the actual podcast on iTunes. Da, D-A, Chicago 60. Again, only certain content will be there, so go there. Because right now we're filming all of this on Facebook Live, but very soon you will only get the first half hour to hour, and then we're going to cut it. Because then we're going to have guests on and other things. So if you want to continue to see great content and learn about this amazing city, Chicago, you have to go there. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at Chicago underscore 60. Follow our page. We're coming out with a lot of new content on there over the coming months. So please follow and subscribe to our podcast for more great content. And with that, Norm, it is the end of the podcast. And we have to finish with our favorite phrase of all time. And that is... Oh, and fuck the, the Packers. Packers! See you next week, everybody. Bye, everyone.